to the I Am A Healthista podcast. It's Jenny here and a few weeks ago I was fortunate enough to grab a colleague of mine, um, Debbie Fawcett, for an interview. Debbie works on our team as a specialist homelessness health visitor, visiting families who are in temporary accommodation, um, which can be anything from like bed and breakfasts to hostels and supporting their particular needs. And she's been doing amazing work, really um, helping to empower them and to raise the profile of how important her role is. Um, She's actually, since we recorded, been a runner-up with her colleague Nikki in the Journal of Health Visiting Awards for the work they're doing. Um, And she's also a Queen's nurse, which she talks about in our interview as well. Um, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm not going to say too much because I think um, Debbie actually introduced herself far better than I can in the interview. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. So, Debbie, do you want to introduce yourself for us? So, my name is Debbie Fawcett. I'm a specialist health visitor in an outer London borough. And I work with homeless families, not bench homeless. I work with families who are placed in temporary accommodation. And I think it's one of those things where I think having worked here for a couple of years, it's really opened my eyes to what the definition of homeless is. Because I think it is that thing where we often think about the guys who are in the very temporary accommodation, the B&Bs, and I know a lot of your work is there. But also those guys who are kind of stuck in what we might think of as slightly more permanent fit areas but they're still in that gap of waiting for permanent housing to come along. There's lots of phrases. So there's emergency accommodation and temporary accommodation. And the families will intertwine and use those phrases. So they'll say things to me, oh, no, I'm in temporary or I'm in emergency temporary. Yeah. And actually, the only one that really means anything to me is if they're placed somewhere where they share a bathroom or toilet. Right. Uh, apparently, government standards are they shouldn't be there for longer than six weeks. Really? But in reality, it's more often about 12 weeks oh, in our borough, so they yeah. do move on. Yeah. But that means they'll be living in a room and they'll be sharing at least the bathroom and toilet, if not kitchen. Blimey. So that's tricky. Yeah. The other buildings, they use these same phrases. Well, I don't know about you, but a term like emergency for me would mean hours or days. Yeah. It so would mean there was like, yeah. A contained amount of time, a bit quick. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, if you get placed in a and b as I say, that, that's a bit defined. But if you go into any other form of accommodation, which is self-contained, so you have your own bathroom and toilet, um, then that counts as a reasonable place for you to be left a lot longer. Yeah. So we have some families who are living in that sort of placement, a studio flat, with their yeah. own bathroom and toilet, for maybe three years. Yeah, and if I think, or knowing and that's not temporary. No, that's not emergency. And I think knowing because I used to cover the area that, or the building that I know of <laughs> as these, yes. this temporary accommodation, which is studio flats. And you go in, you think, oh wow, this is quite plush because it's all nicely fitted out bathrooms and lovely looking kitchen. But then it dawns on you as you're talking to the family that oh my word, they've got the kids have got no real routine and things because they're in the one room the whole time and 
I must say it's that thing, I think it really after it sounds really probably other end of the scale, but it came home to me a bit when I had a family holiday where we were in a hotel <laughs> in a, for a week with the kids in the one room oh. and how erratic and tricky that was and that was with us being able to get out to go yeah, to the restaurant. Having the money the to go and do and something fun. Yeah. And it's just it's that confinement and I can't imagine how difficult it is and how actually it's sort of such unique problems and things that come out of that and as I think well. that's the thing to remember when you're visiting a family we can get swept away by the design of the building so you can either be really shocked and horrified because yeah. some of them aren't great or you can be really impressed like the particular building you're talking about yeah. which was built for the private market yes. so they've all got dishwashers and washing machines and walk-in showers and oh, mosaic gosh. tiles so it, it really is and the studio size I had no idea it was built for private market yes but it that. didn't sell so no. they let the whole building out to a housing authority their dynamic is it's not a housing authority where we're based it's a housing authority that's two hour journey away yeah so their dynamic is slightly different whereas another building I visit they have security on the door so that's a plus they have CCTV in the corridors corridors the public areas are all cleaned but their studio flats are probably anything from about the size of two double bedrooms up to maybe three maximum four right so they're not spaces that are easy to live in um and they and like you say if you bear in mind that most of us want to get rid of our families after a two-week holiday if we've been contained with them yes these families are living months if not years within this confined space and then that, like you mentioned, separation from the wider family as well and things, which isn't great. I mean, often it's like what does push, it is often that poor family relations that push them into temporary accommodations, they've immediately got this weakened social structure thing. So, what because I've always known you working with the homeless families, but what kind of how did that occur? Was it just that the role came up, or was it something that you I can half imagine you had the interest <laughs> and you started saying, um. You know what you need. Yes. Well, I mean, I qualified over 25 years ago, which I'm almost embarrassed to say. But, Straight um, out of school. Yeah, yes, <laughs> must have been. Um, and I really enjoyed health visiting. I absolutely loved it. But there were times when you were looking for a bit of challenge. And over those years, we've gone from having your own caseload and being very possessive and having little Cardex boxes to organise yeah. them for the year's worth of work to going onto computers and laptops and having corporate caseloads. And I, I found the corporate caseload hard because yeah. it was so alien. And also I think we have become more task orientated yeah. by the, just the way that there's a big demand and there's not many of us. Yes. It's a creative way of getting the need yeah. out there. And it's that way of the funding comes from the KPIs yeah. and it's yeah. everything's Everything's greater. measured in a way yeah. now, isn't it? So I was talking to a manager one day and just happened to mention that I found it frustrating doing a corporate and mentioned one of the buildings and said, you know, that they obviously faced a lot of challenges and we wasted a lot of time because at that time we all went and visited our family when they went into that particular building but actually we never knew when they went in that building we only probably knew when they'd come out and there must be a lot of shared needs that everyone's then trying to individually meet and spend time on yeah so she sort of said no no it's corporate caseloads or it's nothing and then a few months later came to me and said you know you were talking about that I've thought and would you be interested in going for an interview they were going to advertise a post 
and they pulled together so I do a, at the time there were three women's refuges uh, travel site uh, B&B's temporary accommodation units um, and a mother and baby unit and they pulled all those together to make a, a caseload yeah. and they kind of said right there's the addresses now go away and visit wow and I thought I would just go and do more or less the five mandated visits but yeah. sat in some odd places yeah it never crossed my mind and no. I'm ashamed to say that I genuinely feel ashamed when I think I never really took on board the impact on a family when they went in these yeah. places but then I think it's also really useful because I think so often we always shy away from looking at these speciality areas because we think we don't know enough about them yeah and actually it's quite refreshing to think that actually it's that thing where sometimes until you're in that role you don't properly know, you don't know what's involved. How can you how can you imagine living in a room? So most of the families that end up in there will have spent time sofa surfing or being overcrowded with yeah. family members. Um, have been evicted, that's quite high up on the agenda yes. for various reasons. Usually the landlord wants the property back. Yeah. Or they've fled de- domestic violence. Yeah. And you think of those dynamics and you feel you're quite clever you understand gosh that must be tricky but actually when was the last time in a clinic you ever asked anybody what cooking facilities they had when you talked about weaning yeah when did anyone tell ask you how does it work in your house where do people sleep when you talk about bedtime routines because i know i yeah, didn't no. and i felt like i was quite an experienced yeah sensitive health person. yeah and because i think they always they expect you to be talking about you know, cooking in her own kitchen. They, they always don't want to turn around to you and say. Well, why would you want yeah. to just put your hands up? So one of the things I've, I learned very quickly, so I went into one building and in the beginning, I was to go in, do an assessment of everybody new, identify if there were any needs and then hand them back to the team um, and only hold those that had a need until right. I'd sorted it out and then hand them over. Uh-huh. But it just ended up in chaos yeah. because people were coming and going. Um, so I was very lucky I worked in a building where the manager of the building was quite new so we got chatting Um, he's always been very welcome and very keen for the health visiting service which is amazing and he lets us use a kitchen space one day a week Lovely. Um, and he says to me there is a new family in and we're talking bingo numbers so he's not allowed to tell me their names there's right. no formal notification process. Oh, my word. So he will say to me, a family's moved in in number six, right. and he will demonstrate a pregnant tummy or a certain height. <laughs> um, and at the time, it was under fives, so he would kind of go, oh, when he got near five, six, you know, yeah, they varied yeah, yeah, a bit. Yeah. And then I would just start knocking on the door of number six, but I would only know who number six was when he only answered the door. And five years later, that's the crux of how I work. Wow. So every building I've learnt to chat up the manager. <laughs> in a very professional. Very professional, sell, non-flirty yeah. way, yeah. But I sell the health visiting and the benefits. Yeah. Um, and I try and counterbalance that with not picking up all their safeguarding and their worries because that's the downside of being very friendly as they say to you all oh, that families they're being bad they shout or yeah. they smoke or they you should get in there and sort them out so yeah it's, it's taken a little that. bit of tweaking yeah but we have to be quite clear brilliant yes yeah, so there's no notification it is just all no numbers and one of the things i really want because i mean it's one of the i think you're kind of 
You seem to be getting a slightly more and more of a Twitter following, which is good, because your Twitter feed is amazing and so insightful. So many times it's like you're one of the few people who I look out for your posts right. on Twitter because I can often think, well, that's going to be something that makes me think, or you link to something. You, you're very good that you don't just retweet things. You actually you add a comment really tying it in with practice and things it's I try really and bring useful it down to my experience because as i say being a being a long qualified health visitor you think you've got the gist of most things and i learned so much and now i want to shout about it now i want to make people think i can't tell everyone what the answer is because no. nine times out of ten i have no idea myself but there are certain elements that you can sort of make prod people and sort of say yeah you thought about that and did you think about your practice had you thought about weaning when you give weaning yeah what would it hurt to say to people oh are you able to access a full kitchen or is there any issues around that yeah politely in yeah, a yeah, nice yeah, way yeah. most people would say oh yeah you know got all the facilities yeah and probably show off about all the magic gadgets. oh yeah no exactly but maybe exactly. someone who was brave enough who trusted you might say well actually you only have a hob yeah and then you could adjust your message. Yeah. But even if you can just bear in mind there are people out there, a lot of the families I have have a microwave and a two-ring electric stove. They don't have an oven. No. Their work surface is about a three-by-three. Three. Yeah. So cooking roast dinner is definitely out of the question. No. Um, and it's just and about also thinking of yeah. alternatives, isn't it? And I think it's that storing as well. There's always that great thing, especially when it was... Really, everyone was talking about purees and introducing one vegetable at a time and it was like oh and then you can freeze the rest in ice they cube trays it's like they don't have a freezer they have a fridge with an ice cube section yeah um, and a lot of those don't work or are quite poor yeah so, um, yeah so just, all I'm trying to do is just say to people just think outside the box yeah be a bit creative um, it's hard because I don't remember where I started now I don't no. remember where I am yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I think uh, it is that tricky. I think it's kind like, of realise you've yeah. learned lots of things. And I think it's probably. I mean, I know even in my practice, I get to a point where I kind of I forget what is specialist knowledge and what's common sense. And it isn't, is it? Specialist, I suppose, is I get lots of experience out of it, and I'm not afraid of asking lots of questions that maybe newly qualified would find really uncomfortable. Yeah. So I regularly ask around domestic violence. Yeah. Um, Sometimes a manager has said to me in the past, where there's smells of cannabis um, or drug use. So I will say to the family, oh, apparently there's sometimes smells of cannabis. Would right. you know anything about that? In a way that is a conversation opener. Yeah. Um, whereas in the past, I'd have probably tried to avoid subjects yeah. which would put me in <laughs> conflict. Yes. <laughs> whereas I think as you feel more confident, and maybe you, you're just prepared to take a few more risks in yeah. the conversation and see where they go. I don't feel the need to resolve everything anymore. Yeah. I don't feel That's the need to make one. a cup of tea. I, ne I now need the... Ne I feel the need to listen yeah. and give some ideas, give some information and encourage them to... That's a really so. tough one to get out of. It is still. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there are times. I think even with our earlier conversation, <laughs> it's that thing of yeah, how do you how do you yeah. come across someone showing them yeah. that you're going to be counselling them and not yeah. bombarding them with the answers? But and I things. think if you if you see that the time that a client's with you as their time to use your service rather than your time to give them a set service, yeah, I think I know it's subtle. Yes, 
I think if they feel you're going to oh, sorry and listen yeah, and not have right. a conversation, I think yeah. maybe they're more likely to open up. Yeah. Continuity helps. Yeah. I was just thinking one of the, the scenarios I have because I go in a building regularly on a set day, but if a family's being a bit avoidant and six isn't answering, then I'll go in and have at breakfast time as uh, one of the buildings off yes. for breakfast. Or I'll turn up at a different day, yeah. and that will throw everybody. The cleaners, oh, yeah. the manager will go, it's not Wednesday. What are you here for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just doing this. Yeah. <laughs> this was in the area, passing by. <laughs> I suppose one of the really nice things is that as my confidence has grown, as my knowledge has grown, I've been allowed to network. Yes. So I get to work with lots of different agencies. Yeah. Um, and so, and I mean, because I'm guessing you've probably got quite good links with the social services, uh, or not? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I not think, with social services, but with I like think with some social workers, and... they'll say, "Oh, I'm really pleased it's you." Yeah. But others will say, "Oh my God, it's you," <laughs> <laughs> because I, I will maybe push more or challenge yeah. more, or advocate more. Yeah. Um, and other times, I think because social services, the staff move so quickly, I get frustrated when I think. Why are you visiting that family? Why haven't you got in touch? I could have helped, yeah, given you that information or made to help yes. you make a connection. That's really annoying yeah. when you think that they're totally oblivious to any yeah. of us that are working on the And it's always that thing of that repetition of, well, you're asking that, but there's a big crossover with what I've seen them about already and we could have done this together and yeah. got ahead. And yeah. that's frustrating. But I think with this job, you have to just take a deep breath, yeah. remember why you're going, yeah. and just keep focused on moving forward and because some of your um, networking has been quite political as well hasn't it yes <laughs> <laughs> I mean is that help because the is the local MP your MP as well because I know it's like no, often it, oh okay my MP, yes. oh cool because that's often something that seems a bit of a stumbling block if you're yes. working in an area where it's a different MP because it, it always the assumption is you can't contact an MP unless they're your MP as well uh, yes I think I think as well, this, this particular role opens up all sorts of doors, and some of them are trap doors. And it's trying to trying to get that balance and retain a professionalism, and and focus on working with the clients and being a health visitor, yeah. when knowing you're getting sucked into being a social worker, a housing officer, and all sorts of other things. That that is always a challenge. So yeah. how the MP came about is I invited her to come and see one of the buildings through oh. a charity. Um, because it's in an unusual setting and it, and it, a lot, we were getting quite a lot of complaints and we were finding it difficult to communicate. Um, she's got a particular interest in housing so yes. I asked her if she'd like to yeah. come and view it. And actually when she came around initially she said well it's not great, there are things we need to address here but it could be worse and one of our boroughs has some very classic, very poor, very yeah. overcrowded B&Bs. So, I took that on board and she disappeared for a while and then she came back so I don't suppose I could come back with you and meet some of your families and it's kind of picked up from there but it I have a lot of respect for her she works incredibly hard and I always have to be careful so I will pass her number to families regularly Uh because she will advocate on their behalf yeah but I also have to be very careful uh, about not being seen as something connected yeah yeah. yeah, so it's an interesting yeah. balance. But so I did think of you that they posted some videos of visiting a, a building, sort of building yes. and uh, it looked like it might be privately rented. Yes, it was private. 
but I was like, and I did think of you and think, oh, I wonder how all the buildings to... we have in our borough are all privately owned companies yeah. rented out to the local authority, so it creates a dynamic already. But if you think about it, that one in particular, if I'm going in to work with the families and I'm relying on someone at the door telling me who's moved in, yeah, and they find that I'm going to the into the MP for everything I yeah, don't like, yeah, no, yeah. then I'm not going to be able to achieve that. No. So you, you know. I would say to them, I took them in the front door when I took the MP there, I took them past the management and said, this is your local MP, do you mind if she comes with me? Yeah. So I've always tried to be out there and up front. Yeah. But it's, on the times the filming you've seen, I was probably the one crawling along the window, underneath the window, <laughs> trying to stay out of shot. Um, <laughs> I'll so. keep an eye out next time. <laughs> it's like, where's Wally? Where's Debbie? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, but it... The, the thing that I learned with that was one how well you can collaborate and be professional but on the other also how dangerous it is how emotional it is because a lot of families signed up and met her I, I just gave them her number and yeah. let her say what she wanted to do so I didn't put any no. pressure at all and, she, and they participated but we had literally national news and papers come down yeah. and some of them took photos of the door numbers that people were living in and oh. it was quite invasive yes. but people joined up because they thought if everyone was condemning where they were living that they would get moved Yeah. and then we had to cope with the outfall of the well, fact they didn't get moved, get moved but they'd put themselves out there yeah. and that was, that was quite a lesson it's all very well campaigning for what you want yeah. and getting your message out. And because when someone from the newspaper comes, they've got their agenda. So, of course, they are probably going to promise oh. the earth and things. And because did you have to, I mean, because I'm just thinking about yeah, getting the MP to go as well, did you have to pass that with comms and everything as well? Yes, and yes. I had to go through a personal process. And I was mortified because the first time she came out with me, management were very supportive and they said they trusted me to be professional and, re- and retain my role. Um, but they insisted on a photo. For their, for their magazine so it almost made me go do you know I don't want to do it but I'm not model material here the best of times who is who is so what does model material fun. really look like yeah but we've been able to kind of I think we've got quite good she's got her own agenda yeah um, and she's able to pursue that uh, but she's also able to be supportive so we have taken several MPs out now. Wow. Uh, we have taken people off the CCG board out with us. So I would say anyone out there that wants to raise the profile of something, yeah. don't be afraid. I, yeah. I would never have dreamt of doing it. Yeah. But actually, people will come out with you and see what we're doing. And how better to say what yeah. our visitors are and do. Because I think as well, there's always a feeling that if you're taking... If you're taking an MP and I know from my experience in hospitals of if an MP was visiting everyone would be on their best and polished no, no, up no. and everything and actually no, this is it's lovely because like, yeah, you're more, in control of this yeah. so I, the, I generally try and find two visits I take them to two different venues which are a bit contrasting Yeah. and I usually speak to a family that I know quite well Yeah. and then I go in for a, a basic reason so it might be to weigh a child it might be to get, hand them a signed form or yes. a letter or something yeah. so I keep it really simple yeah. and I say to the person coming out you're joining me for a day but I'm going to do simple things because of confidentiality. Yeah. And is that okay? And is there anything they particularly want to yeah. see or feel? And that, to be honest, they're usually blown away by the fact of the families living in the circumstances. Yeah. And they the are. fact that it is those simple things that actually make such a big difference yeah. to yeah. them. 
And because the other thing that interests me is that yeah, you mentioned the CCGs and you've actually built up really good links to CG of advertising what it was that was needed yeah. in the area and how yeah. big a job it was. Yeah. So our authority likes patient stories. Yeah. Um, so I'm an out-of-the-box thinker. I'm, I'm starting to realise more and more. So I've done some interviews and then recorded, you know, typed them up and presented yeah. them. But recently I've done photos yeah. as a patient story yeah. and put subtitles that the families have wanted to say, say about the kitchen facilities, you know, a comment that they've made, or a five-year-old showed me his favourite thing in the room was his toy box. Yeah. And the photo was of his toy box. He made sure I moved his siblings' toys off. He was very clear about that. It was quite funny. But only the, mine. <laughs> but then the person who saw the photo said, oh my goodness, there's only a foot between the bed. Is that normal? Yeah. So as an adult, you see something different. Yeah. Um, and that really brought it alive um, yeah. and now we've got a, another full-time specialist health visitor Wonderful. which is incredible if you'd have asked me when I started I would yeah. have said I'll just work hard and I'll hide away and because the CCG actually kind of just offered the, the fun, well I say yeah. just offered there was obviously yeah, a process it, it went through but it was like they really their eyes were open to yeah. how important it was and they offered yeah. the role which is fantastic and I would say any health visitor even ordinary visiting you know seeing what we do is probably a bigger and more important thing than yeah. us writing reports and the data is hollow isn't it it's not yeah. people no exactly but as soon as they come out with us it's, yeah. it's really brought to life there's lots so. of ideas for the future and it's that thing I think with so yeah. many of us are put off because we all feel that oh yeah we can't contact CCG and it has to go through management and things. So to hear, actually, yeah, no, you can contact them and you can say, come out and see this and I things. smile at everybody. I think yeah. you'll agree. Oh, definitely. Um, and I've learned to put yourself out there a little bit and go to meetings. So yeah. when we had new management team in and they said, do you want to come to a quality meeting? That sounded pretty scary. Yeah. So I went off to it. But you meet faces. Yeah. And then when they ask you what you do, you politely say what you exactly. and start to get this yeah. network. Yeah. yeah. I think it is about being a bit courageous. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, yeah, it's a bit scary at times because you're never sure quite where that'll end up. Yeah. So having good management support yeah. to sort of discuss it with and help yeah. you find a line is important. And because the other thing I was going to ask you about was um, that you're a Queen's nurse. Yeah. And so what, how did that happen and what does that involve and things? So, so when I started this role, um, it was very isolating. And I have all my health visitor colleagues and they're fab and they're very supportive. But to go to people's rooms, living in rooms who've been through difficult circumstances, um, it's, it's quite, it can be very stressful. I've become very political in some respects. Yeah. I shout out, I'm much more out there than I used to be. But that takes quite a lot of energy. But to get support of people and then to spend the day saying, well, I'm upset because I visited one family in one room and they were taking advantage maybe of the system and, you know, they were shouting about housing. And I went to another family where the system didn't fit and work for them. How crazy. What, yeah. What, to explain all the detail to get the support was difficult. Yeah. So I was looking for support of people who did similar things and I joined uh, I won't be able to say it I'd love to be able to say it it's a homeless network for nurses and midwives it's something like the London Nurse Midwife Network it's LNM what might be useful is we can always give me the link and I can add it in the blurb because I never get it right (laughs) so I went to one of their annual conferences thinking well at least I'll find 
people yeah. who deal with that. And the first conference I went with, the Q&I's Queen's Nurse Institute uh, head was there, mm-hmm. and she was giving a talk on the Queen's Nurse Institute. And I thought, you know, I've never put myself out there and said I'm good at something. No. So I applied. You self-apply, but you have to be backed up by a manager. And you also have to be supported by some of your clients. So they have, And you're not allowed to see what they write. Oh, my so word. So you submit your application with their names and they're contacted. Yeah. And they that must be it. quite a weird thing to broach with the client, saying, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to pick myself, myself up, up and I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. can you... Uh, yeah. Would you mind writing a brilliant like, yeah, I am, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I don't think I really thought it would happen. I just... Yeah. I don't want to say, this job has made me much more grateful for where I am, but yeah. also much more confident to do yeah. some of these weird challenges. Definitely. So I have these great, great ideas, put myself out there and think, <gasps> yeah. why did I do that? <laughs> um, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So I put all the application in, my manager supported me, I found some clients to support me, and I got a letter to say that yes. Yeah. So Queen's Nurse Award, you wear their badge, you are a Queen's Nurse, and what you're saying is, because I'm a Queen's Nurse, I'm going to be out there at all times doing my best and advocating. So it's kind of a recognition of going above and beyond yes. and, and being in, continue doing that yeah. rather than saying you are brilliant as an yeah. individual. It's yeah. kind of that aspirational thing. Yeah. And do they sort of meet up in things? And they do. They amazing meet, nurses meet Yes, I'm a minute taker. Oh, blimey. Yes. <laughs> um, so it, Did you like to challenge yourself, don't you? <laughs> yes, because I'm not good with minutes. Um, but they meet up, we meet up three times as an area. Um, and lots of people are district nurses. That's probably one of the biggest parts. So health systems are a little bit little in yeah. But they have some fantastic resources around homeless nursing, district nursing. And they're out there really pushing for quality nursing fantastic. and trying to sell ourselves. So it's a good place to have a, yeah. have a look. Yeah, don't oh. hide away from it. But, uh, no. I was trying to work out what I could say as we did it. It's like, <laughs> And managers and clients back yeah. up as well. It's like, oh, and that's blimey. quite humbling, isn't it? Yeah. To someone and say, I'd like to put myself this award and say, I'm really good at my job and I intend to be really brilliant forever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then watch no their pressure. face. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm glad I did it. Oh, I think, yeah. I think some of the little things I've done have given me that confidence. Yeah. And that was quite a big thing. And again, a little thing, does yeah. it? And is that thing with having a network and does that help somewhere you could put things out there and say, look, this is going on and find out how other yeah. areas have been Not managing? Not as much as I would or... I'd imagined. I, I realised that I've always been quite happy working on my own. Yeah. You're used to managing a caseload. Um, I've, I know I can go and get help if I need it, so that helps. I just, I, yeah, I rise and fall a bit with the families. I carry them. Yeah. In my heart sometimes. Yeah. Some of them really hit you. But I try not to I try and think my role is to do this and as long as I do my best I seem to be able to manage yeah. that stress level. And then if I'm not sure that I know there are people out there I just need to yeah to look up and go. Because you can't know no. all the answers. No. And it seems to have been quite a smooth transition so that you've got a colleague now as well. Yes. And that seems yes. to have worked from the outside looking yes. it, it looks like it's worked very well. I think you two are quite a similar we have a very different way of working I think that's one ah. thing that really helps she's very good at academic stuff she's yeah. very good at reading research and remembering it that's not me <laughs> um, but she, so she has quite a different approach but also she wants to do 
a quality job. Yes. So that that the main drive yeah. is there. I think I you've think both I'd got very that. similar. Yeah, yeah, it's like I think it is that thing when you've both very different. But I think yeah. that is that you're in your heart. It's you're exactly that same thing. Yeah. Get her onto the Queen's there, so. Yes. <laughs> she might go to the IHV or something. You know, be one True. of them. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know, do you? No. Like so, no, it's not exclusive. You can do both, can't you, as well? I'm um, probably. Probably. No, I've had my big moment in the sky. I'm kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and it's the fabulous so, Yeah. Because you end up getting recognised by the borough as well, didn't you? Yes. An award. Well, you did tell me we were going to bring all these up. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's, that this was is your life. I'll bring up your family in a second. Stay downstairs. They were just—they were the ones quick to because uh, I did put something into print, and they were quick to text me and say fake news, fake news. I said, "What are you talking about?" Because they don't know particularly in detail. Yeah, what no. I do. I said, you don't get up at six thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a Labrador, and that was the. Picture that was next to the details of my life <laughs> taken apart by your children. Uh, yeah, the award was incredibly humbling. Yeah, uh, that was because I, I got one from the, the organisation we work with. Yeah. They do staff awards, yeah. which we haven't had ever before. No, 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 exactly. Really nice. Yeah. So that was quite amazing. And then the other one was through. Merton Council. Yeah, brilliant. But I take it very much that I wouldn't have any recognition if it wasn't for the families I work with. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have a job that I could be so impressioned no. about, that I no. could get so stubborn and yeah. driven about. And so any key things you would say to anyone who's sort of working with homeless family, we mentioned already, I think really pertinently about the weaning advice and the sleep advice and thinking about, well, where are they preparing food? Where are they sleeping? Is there anything else you think that we maybe sometimes miss and have a blind spot around that you can think? I think, and it's unfortunate because we're a little bit data task driven, I think, I think that's hard. But I, th- I think most families that when I, because we, we do all the developmental checks yeah. as part of our package and we do them at home. And I think if you were to see people at clinic, it's, it's bearing in mind that their life is not going to be on their child's development. Yeah. You probably need to give a few minutes to asking how they are in themselves, signposting them, and simple things, Systems yeah. Advice Bureau, listening. Yeah. And just giving those few moments because they've often got a lot of other challenges before they can start thinking about their child. But yeah. by acknowledging those, mm-hmm. and if you can signpost them anywhere, fantastic. Yeah. But by at least acknowledging those, yeah. you are then clearing a bit of their mind to start thinking yeah. about being a parent. That's what it's basically, actually, it's funny you saying that, and immediately I thought of, oh yeah, Maslow's hierarchy of need. And it's yeah, really yeah. obvious that yeah. how low down on there is sort of shelter. And, yeah. and if that's insecure, then yeah. obviously the whole pyramid's going to be insecure and yeah not able to to just think about that way no so quite often my two-year check is kind of rushed at the end of a long contact yeah but because i'm lucky enough to be in and out of buildings and seeing people yeah. a lot more than most people are i often will know the child can walk yeah. and run and climb because they've run towards me and said so, you know yes. so i will often know yeah. a little bit about the family and yeah. that's for me that is probably the counterbalance to the stress yeah i get the nice bits of building relationships oh, with exactly. people, which is lovely. yeah but yeah listen to them give them yeah. a chance to acknowledge you don't have to solve the solution no so one of my lines is often i'm really sorry but i can't resolve your housing i can't get them to move yeah i can help you live here yeah 
and help life go on because it's you can't put it on hold. Yeah. Um, that's so a really, that's a really good way it. of putting it. Yeah. It's yeah. trying to help keep keep going. Yeah. Really. The other thing that I think comes out again and again is that families placed in temporary or emergency accommodation are keen to have a timeline, which there isn't one, but they will often make decisions or not make decisions based on the fact they think that they're going to that, move. Right. So one of the not make decisions, they often won't register with a new GP in the yes. area. <laughs> they will often use a family address to keep an old GP. Yeah. So actually these children get easily lost within the system. Because yeah, we have, think they're living somewhere else yeah. and they're not, they're, they're with us. And then there's an issue often in many areas. If you're registered with a GP out of an area, you can't access services in that area. So, and yeah. Yes, so there's all those complications. And then the other thing that they put off is they will often not put the name down for preschools and schools because <laughs> yeah. they're going to move. So what would be the point? Yeah. So what I say to them is put your name down because then the borough knows you exist. Then you can yeah. always say I've moved. Yes. But at least you're within the system moving yeah. rather than suddenly you know, yeah. appearing at the last yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are two things. They often don't re- change GPs. Yeah. And they often don't register with local services because they think they're about yeah. to go. And it's not a case of them trying to trick anyone. It's no. just that, no, they're trying that to get the feeling best. of being insecure and not being, yeah. knowing where they're going to be yeah. in a month or Sometimes week. it's because they're GP, they've got a long, good history. Yeah. Sometimes it's because they like their, their health visitor. Yeah. And they don't want to change. So they think if they keep it all hidden, yeah. that somehow they'll be able to keep that person. And they're looking for continuity. They're looking for... Which is fair know, enough. Caring. It's like, yeah. yeah, one of the few It's just our systems have. don't cave or cope no, with that very well. No, no. Oh, Debbie, thank you so That's much. Okay. It's so nice to uh, have a proper chat and things. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, it was so lovely um, speaking to Debbie. And um, I hope now you all understand why I was so keen to interview her for the podcast. Um, have a look in the blurb because there'll be lots of links to everything that Debbie talked about um, particularly the Queen's nurses um, and yeah um, I hope that you really enjoyed it if you've got anything to add or anything that you'd like us to consider for future podcasts then please do get in touch we're available on Twitter at IMHV um, on Instagram at IMHV um, and Oh, else we have a Facebook page as well. I am a health visitor, and you can email us. I am a health visitor at gmail.com. Um, look forward to um, speaking to you soon, and uh, yeah, please do. Any feedback is more than welcome. And thanks again to um, Debbie Forsett for um, speaking to us. Um, it was much appreciated, and it's taken a little while to get everything together to get this out to you. So uh, thank you for your patience. Bye. Bye.